I'm going to read the scripture in its entirety. I'm going to, entirety, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into the word. Amen? It says, they went into Capernaum, and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. They were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not like the scribes. Just then, a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue, and he cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked them, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions and shouted with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed, so they began to ask each other, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once the news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. Now, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went into Simon and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. When evening came, after the sun had set, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed, and the whole town was assembled at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this opportunity that we have to get into your word, Father God. I pray, God, that you would just illuminate, that you would give us insight, give us understanding, God. I thank you that your grace and your mercy and your love towards us would be revealed out of the scriptures, God. I ask that I decrease, that you would increase, that your people would be edified, and that you would get glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen, amen. So as we read the scripture, um, we see Jesus went into Capernaum. Uh, and I want to say this about Capernaum. Um, Capernaum was one of the trading villages uh, in northern Israel. It was a vibrant, really kind of an upscale place, about 1,500 people who lived there at that time, and many of them were fishermen. Now, here's the deal. That place is the place where it's said that Jesus, he had his residence, he had his home there, but it's an amazing place to do ministry. Why? because he was able to teach the local Jews who were there in the synagogue, but also it was a great place because it was a pass-through. In other words, it was a main trading route connecting Damascus uh, in the north and Egypt in the south. So you had travelers, you had caravans that passed through, which made it a good place to share the gospel, right? And so the scripture tells us, it says that they went into Capernaum, and right away he entered the synagogue. So let me, let me just say this about the synagogue. I think this is important. The reason why Jesus was able just to show up and to go in, because it wasn't not like church like we know it. Like, I, I think about, I like it here. If next week I decided to drive back down and say, hey, Dylan, I'm, I'm here to preach again, Dylan would go, I don't think so. Like, I invited you last time. You just showed up this time. So the, the synagogues were a place where rabbis could just show up, right, really unannounced as guests and read the scriptures and break down. And that's what Jesus was doing in that place, amen? And so it says that just then, uh, it says that they were astonished at his teaching 
because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not like the scribes, right? So the scribes were well-learned. They could read the scriptures. They could expound on them. But it says Jesus, he taught like one with authority. In other words, Jesus' ministry was marked by powerful teaching, power over the forces of darkness, and miraculous healing, right? It was, it was, it was powerful teaching. And here's the thing about powerful teaching and teaching with authority. He taught like one who knew the mind of God. He taught like one who had the pulse on God's heart and what was going on. See, powerfully clear teaching, right, can, 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 can renew your mind. And if your mind is renewed, then you can be transformed. The scripture tells us that when you're transformed by the word of God, you're able to discern God's pleasing and acceptable will for your life. So it's important that you receive the word of God and that it's clear. And that's how Jesus taught. He had authority and he was commissioned to declare it. Amen. So just then a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue and he cried out, what? Do we have what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And I think this is so good because they were able to say, Look, I know you because you were in the wilderness for 40 days and you whipped our tails. That's how we left. That's how we left the wilderness and got to Capernaum. So I believe that it was, it, was, it was that they knew him because of their experience with him in the wilderness, and he whipped up on them something good with the word of God. Amen? And so, and so it, says, uh, it says, he cried, what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked them and said, be silent and come out of him. See, in that time, a lot of times, we would know it as a, a casting out of demons or exorcism. They happened often time, but more often they were ceremonial. There were things going on. They might have to put a ring in their nose. They might have to call it out. There was things that had to be done. Jesus just said, be silent. And I believe that was the nice version. I believe he was like, shut the front door. Like, be quiet. Don't say anything. Like, you know, growing up, we have five children, and in our house, we didn't allow our children to say shut up because we thought it was kind of harsh. So you, they would say, be quiet, be quiet, or be silent. Or every now and then you get somebody, maybe mom or dad would get mad and be like, shut up. Like, you're not supposed to say that. But I believe Jesus' authority was like, shut up. Like, don't say anything. And, 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 and the demon, he, it says the unclean spirit threw him into convulsion, shouted with a loud voice, and it came out of him. And they were all amazed. So they begin to ask each other, what is this? You know, I, I shared in the previous service, my wife and I, we've been married for 26 years. And uh, for eight years, we dated, we hung out, we were high school sweethearts. And uh, so we would often go to restaurants, we would go to eat. And, but when we got married, you know, she began to cook. And uh, I remember when the first little bit of time that we were eating, and uh, I was so used to eating out so often, that when she first started to cook 20 years ago, and I told her this story, so I got permission. She put it on the table, and I would say, what is this? Like, like, I, was, like I was amazed. Like, this doesn't look like, you know, Outback Steak. Like, what's going on? And so, so, uh, so, so I believe that they were astonished. They were like, what is this? This is a new authority. This is something different. He just speaks to the demons and they come out. He's healing people. He's performing. He's teaching with this authority, right? And so the, this, what is this? This is the kingdom of God. He was advancing God's kingdom. This is authority over darkness. 
This is the love of God rescuing. This is the grace of God showing up to show that his strength is made perfect in weakness and that his grace is sufficient. This is the power of God moving. This is the ministry of Jesus. It's so important that we understand that because he lives on the inside of us. He's given us this authority. And I want to encourage you in this. There are a lot of times voices that are coming, and sometimes they're demonic. Sometimes they're distractions. They come against us. The same authority that Jesus had lives on the inside of us, and we can exercise those forces of darkness. We don't have to be subject to them and be subdued underneath them. Amen? And so they were all amazed, so they begin to ask each other, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirit uh, to come out, and they obey him. And as the news about him spread through the entire vicinity of Galilee, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went into Simon and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in the bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. They told him about her at once. And it says, it says that, it says that, um, it says that, so he went in, he took her by the hand, he raised her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve him. Can you imagine? I don't know how long she, scripture doesn't tell us how long she had the fever, but it says that he just went in, took up her hand, and the fever left her. Now, here's the deal. It said immediately she began to serve them. And here's my point number two. The only appropriate response to God's goodness in your life is gratitude and service. And so when she was healed, she began to immediately serve. And as I studied these scriptures and as I read of these scriptures, it reminded me about 26 years ago, uh, my wife was, was, was pregnant with our son. And in and, and, and our image at that age, I was 25 actually, my, my wife at that age, uh, our mindsets were to see marriage on TV. So here's the deal. You, you see a woman, she's pregnant, she's nine months pregnant. She holds her stomach, her labor pains are here, her water breaks. So that's the image, imagery that we were looking for. Well, for some reason, my wife's labor pains were in her hips. They weren't in her stomach. So we weren't aware that she was in labor. Her water didn't break and gush, it actually leaked. So this had been going on for about three days and we didn't know. We actually went to the hospital one time, they sent us back home. In the middle of a Saturday night at 11.30, my wife got up. She just started walking with no shoes on to the car. She said, grab my bags. I'm going in. They're going to take me. I'm like, okay, I grab the bags. I go in. She walks. I pull up to the emergency room. She walks right into the hospital. She says, they're going to take me this time. So we go in. We get, we get checked in. And the nurses are still kind of like, ah, you know, everything's everything. We go around to the evening. The shift changes about 7 o'clock. New doctors come in, they look and they say what I cannot say in this pulpit. They said some, some things that were like, we have to get this child out now. And so we're like, okay, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And long story short, they're using this, this device to pull, pull the head of the child out. He's coming out. And when he gets out, here again, the imagery of being pregnant and having a baby, baby comes out, you cut the cord, they slap the baby, he cries. Well, this child doesn't do any of that. He's, he's brown skinned like me, but he's covered in feces. So we're like, hold on, what is going on? The next thing we know, the doctor shows up and he says, hey, listen, your son could have brain damage, meningitis, or he could die. Oh, man, we just bust out into tears. And so now we're waiting for these results and these tests to come back. And uh, 
I go check in. They wouldn't let us see him, like let us hold him because he was in NICU. And so we go in, and I looked in the NICU window, and I looked, and he was the chubbiest baby in the NICU. And I thought to myself, he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. But in the process, I went outstairs. And let, me just, let me just paint this picture. I was not, I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I was 25 years old and had never accepted the gospel. I did not attend church, but I heard about God, but I didn't know him. And so I went downstairs in the, at the hospital and I pulled out a cigarette. It's a part of the story. I started smoking a cigarette and I said, now God, I've heard about you. I heard that you're real. And I said, if you could save my son, I will do whatever you want me to do in life. And the test results came back perfectly fine. We went home. A uh, student at the University of Delaware invited me to church. I went to church. Wrong church. She wasn't there, and nobody was there. It was maybe about six people in. And I'm like, we're at the wrong place. Let me just say this, because New City, you have done an excellent job with your hospitality. I, I can just feel the love in this place. It was because of the hospitality that we experienced in that small church that we didn't leave knowing we were in the wrong place. Long story short, gentlemen got up preached the gospel, I accepted Christ as my Savior, and I've been serving God ever since. And what I'm telling you is the only appropriate response to God's goodness in your life is gratitude and service. He performed a miracle. Now, let me just say this. The gospel is presented every Sunday, and some of you have accepted that way, but my head was pretty hard. I had to go a different direction. And so my response to God working a miracle in my life for my son was me to serve him all the days of my life. And I think it's not by coincidence that I am here sharing the gospel with you, and he's sitting back there, second-year law student at NC Central, right? God's faithfulness is good, right? He's, he's, he's a good God. And so we want to respond to God's goodness with gratitude and service. Amen. Let's look at verse 32. It says, when the evening came after the sun had set, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon possessed. Now, I picture it like this. Now, there, were no, there was no technology. But somehow, all those people got to the house. I believe that if it was 2021, people would have been texting. They're like, Jesus is here. Facebook post, Jesus is right here on Glenwood Avenue. Like, get here immediately. Like, I believe it post, text, but just by word of mouth, it said that the whole town was assembled at the door. And watch this. He healed many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Now, I believe this. He didn't, let the, he didn't let the demon speak because he did not want it to be any controversy that he was in agreement or in a league with them. So he, he held them off while he did the work of his ministry. I also believe that Jesus did not really want to make a big scene like that. I believe he was coming in humility to advance the kingdom and he was coming to serve. But then at the same time, he had to take authority over the demon. He had to cast them out. He needed to heal and he needed to teach with authority. And that was his ministry. Let's look at verse 32. When the, excuse me, look at verse 35. Verily, early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up and went out and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Now, here's what I believe. That was a very, very productive day. Like, yeah, we casted out demons. We healed a whole town. Like, we did the work of the ministry. We taught the word of God. Miracles were going forth. I believe, you know what, I always say we. Let me speak for myself. I probably might, I might have got up the next day and said, let's do it again. Like, let's go and do it again. I would have probably been anxious to get up and go. But Jesus found it necessary 
to early in the morning before the sun came up to go to a deserted place. He, to go to a deserted place. Why? He knew the power of prayer. He knew that the effectual, fervent prayer of righteous people would make tremendous power available. That would be what we saw was the dynamic power of God working that came through the power of prayer. And, and here's my, let me, let me read this to you real quick before I give the point. If you have your Bibles, it's going to be up on the screen, Luke, the 10th chapter and the 38th verse. And I want to encourage you in something as I close, because those miracles, that those healings, those things that took place for Jesus, the authority that he had, it came through the power of prayer. And he prayed often. But I want to show you how important prayer is out of Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 38 through 42. And it says, verse 38 says, while they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked the Lord, do you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. What was Jesus saying? He was saying that the most important thing is spending time with me. The most important thing is, is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And it said that Mary has made the right choice. She chose the one thing that is necessary. So what is this? Prayer allows the authority of Jesus and the love of the Father to flow into our lives to transform, heal, and bring light into darkness. Prayer allows the authority of Jesus. See, when we go into prayer, we are submitting ourselves to the authority of God. And when we do so, we allow the love of the Father. What's that? All those things that you've seen Jesus do. Man, I had a conversation with someone in between services, and they shared a miracle, like almost brought me to tears. Why? Because that's the love of the Father moving on behalf of his people. So when we pray, we allow the authority of Jesus, the love of the Father, to flow into our lives, to transform, to heal, and to bring light into darkness. So as we looked at this, passion of scripture, this portion of Scripture and we looked at the ministry of Jesus, I want you to know that he was able to do the ministry. First, he was the Son of God, but it's an example to us that we are not to neglect the most important thing, the one thing that is necessary, and that is a relationship with the Father, communing with him, allowing us to commune with him and pray to seek him, to allow his power, his love, and his authority to flow to our lives, to transform us, to heal us, and to bring light into the darkness in our lives. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we thank you, and we praise you, God, for this opportunity to share your word. God, we thank you for the ministry of Jesus. We thank you that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that as we studied your word, as we read the scriptures, God, that we would allow the one thing, prayer, seeking your face, being in your presence, Lord God, to, to be our priority, Lord God, and not be distracted by the many things, God. God, we thank you that the authority of Jesus and the love of the Father is flowing into our lives like never before. In Jesus' name, amen.